Hey everyone, you're listening to Little Bit of Life Podcast with Little. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and the occasional ridiculous chats about everything that we seem to think but don't say. Very little is off limits. Sit back, enjoy, and let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by The Healing House, handcrafted wellness products, specifically their best-selling Liquid Zanny, which helps with stress and anxiety relief during the day without making you sleepy and can be used to sleep like a baby at night when applied to the bottom of your right big toe. Yes, reflexology. Please make sure to check them out at thehealinghouseco.org and remember to use little bit code for 10% off. Trigger warning, the following segment contains discussion involving mental health, depression, anxiety, and medication that may be triggering to some audiences. Hey, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Little Bit of Life podcast with Little. As discussed in prior episodes, this is the month of May, and it is the Mental Health Awareness Month. Very important guest that I have on with me today. Her name is Brandy. She has known me for many, many years, over 15 years personally. We've been through so many things together, including one of these struggles that we're going to be talking about today, which is anxiety and depression. So, Brandy, welcome in. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm very happy to be here today. Hello. Hello. So we're talking about mental health awareness, and we're discussing this in regards to the month of May. And I feel that we've kind of just hit this point in society where it's just amazing at the strength that we are able to have as men, as women, that we're able to state that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to come out. It's okay to talk about your struggles and your past and even things you might be struggling with today. So give us a little bit of information. What kind of history do you have in regards to anxiety, depression? It possibly could have stemmed from anything such as childhood trauma um, or just a moment in your life. So give us a little bit of history here. Um, so my, I, it's, and it's again, no direct blame on anything, but you always think, you know, when you're younger and your parents divorced, like mine did when I was 16, that, okay, no big deal. They just weren't meant to be. I would like them both to be happier. You don't, you don't realize how much that one of those placements of one of those parents or possibly both for some people are going to play a part in your life much later. And, and you you don't realize how it's actually going to affect your mental health until i.e. yourself like myself in in our 30s and realize that it's it did take an effect um to things that we deal with now i like that you discuss it in that way in regards to childhood trauma because oh when you say the words childhood trauma you always think it's something that's relating to physical and with childhood trauma, it can be emotional, physical, mental. It can also just be a simple monumental moment as a child. Um, there's an actual study in Yale that they did, and this was regards into childhood trauma. And they state that it's just a relational term and a concept that connects an outer occurrence with its specific consequences for an inner psychic reality. So I think really realizing what childhood trauma is, how it can affect your day-to-day as an adult, I think that's really important to kind of take ownership in regards to one moment, multiple occurrences, and how this is leading to a lot of people now getting therapy and speaking with friends and family and, and really not getting that judgment, so to speak, but really just getting their story out there and healing through that process. So in regards to this and regards to therapy, what are what's your stance on therapy? Have you are you an advocate for it? Do you have any issues in regards to fear or judgment? What what's your take on therapy for this? Um, I would say a couple of years ago when I did realize that I I had some some sort of, you know, uh depression. Um I I was a little eh about going to counseling and then in um actually a few failed relationships, I started realizing it wasn't, it might have not been the relationship. It could have been just something that I myself needed to work on. But when I finally reached out and did some counseling, I've done the telehealth due, you know, due to COVID, I've done the in-person. Um, I think it is so key to so many types of uh, mental health issues to 
have that established, um, something that you look forward to monthly or weekly or biweekly so that you have that no, basically no judgment zone from somebody who is licensed. Um, and the fact that they are sworn into, um, confidentiality, um, unless it's something that has to do with harm to yourself and or someone else, but otherwise everything is extremely confidential. Um, I actually look forward to it when, um, I was doing it. Um, right now I'm in between one. However, I did, I did like it a lot. I think it's really important that we kind of get that stigma from society of if you go to therapy, you're weak. If you go to therapy, there's something wrong that you need something fixed. And I think it's a topic that we as humans don't really like to admit if we have a fault, we don't like to admit when we have a weakness. Um, we live in a society where it's, it's literally all about social media and sharing your strengths and being proud of who you are. But I wanted to have you on this, you know, the specific episode so that we could say like, this needs to be the new brave. This needs to be the new strength that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to discuss things that you're growing and, you know, assisting your mental health and talking to other people. So in that moment that you realized, okay, I am struggling and it, and it is a struggle. Um, I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm struggling with depression. What was your biggest fear in reaching out and starting the the process of finding a therapist and and going for the first time? Um, it, I I guess you would say just knowing that you 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 have to accept the fact that you're, you're no one is perfect. We all know that, but knowing that it's okay to to fail, um, and and get back up and and have the pride to basically put some of your pride down and be able to talk to somebody, you know, talking to your friends and talking to your family and having those sources out there to kind of keep you staying positive, um, are, are great, but it's, it's, I mean, these professionals get paid, um, for a reason. They went to school to, to professionalize in this step for a reason to help you know, give us strategies to detour some of these um, anxiety episodes or depression episodes. And I, I truly feel that it's, that it's helped. I really want to commend you for not only kind of digging deep down into your mental health and, and realizing that it's okay and it's healthy to go and speak to someone. When we go to therapists and when we talk openly always kind of what comes in conjunction with that is obviously the big pharmaceutical aspect of this. And I kind of want to dive into that because I think it's very important to talk about. Um, there's so many drugs that are out on the market and available right now with a written prescription by a provider yeah. that when you're dealing with anxiety and you're dealing with depression and you may be dealing with another form of a mental health I don't even like to use the word disorder because I feel like when we use that term and when we put that sticker on it, it's almost as if this guilty feeling comes up of there's something wrong with me. When you think of disorder, you think I have to take medication. I have to do a treatment in order to cure myself. And with mental health, there's not a pill that you can pop that's going to cure this. So I know for myself, when I started to kind of talk to someone and speak with a therapist and really start to get into the grind work of the mental health preparedness, it was almost as if I felt like a guinea pig in regards to you have this symptom, take this, you have this symptom, take this. Did you ever kind of feel the same way? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, um, I was probably put on something, like I said, back in my like early, early 20s, stopped. I can't even honestly remember what it was when I look back on it now, but, um, I stopped taking it for a couple of years and then I thought, you know, maybe this is before I actually dis discovered going to counseling that I, you know, have started to do these past few years, but I thought, oh, well, you know, that that's what they say. We're always taught. Well, if the doctor says it, then, you know, we should be able to trust them and we should feel confident and we should feel, like they're doing the right thing for us. And it's not to say that they aren't, but being told, okay, well, you know, 
you're, you, you have depression. Okay. No problem. You know, we're more accepting of that now. However, if the, their response is, well, take this and this should help. Um, I thought it was okay, um, years ago, but up until this last year, um, is when I had some, some real realization about how much, the the big the big pharma honestly has controlled especially when it comes to antidepressants antipsychotics stuff like that and i'm sure you're going to feel this and i'm sure listeners are going to feel this if you've been on medication i think probably the number one frustration is you are with a doctor or a therapist or anyone medically in the big pharma world and you're the guinea pig, so to speak, and you're just taking medication after medication after medication, and it's trial and error. Us as humans, we know our bodies. We, of everyone, we know we know the side effects. We know the symptoms. We know how we feel. We know what we feel is right and is working, and we know what we feel is wrong and is not working. And I'm sure many listeners, as well as you, Brandy, maybe you've heard this before. Uh, when you're taking a, let's say, a new drug, and your doctor stating, you know, well, this is the side effect. Okay. I understand that. Everything has a side effect. You could take Tylenol and someone could have a side effect, but when you're told and you go in, you know, I've given this time, I've given this time, it's not working. I have this, or I have this struggle. It doesn't seem to be nowadays, especially with the big pharmaceutical companies and providers that when you say something is not working, it always seems that you're told in reaction, we'll just give it more time or just continue. And then we'll add something onto that. Have you ever had this kind of frustrating conversation where you just know deep down, you know your body, you're listening to your body, and you know that it's not what they're giving you is is not working and you're just given give it more time or just keep pushing? Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's just like any any medication, but for sure anti antidepressants, you know, along those lines, whichever whatever you're taking. It's true. It's always, let's start you on a low dose and we'll see how you do. And then we'll check back in. And again, it's not, it's not to knock anybody, but it, it does it. You realize you, when you take it for so long and then all of a sudden it just stops working, you know, like, but, but why is it, it it makes you wonder, like, is that part of big pharma? Is it, is that what they want? You know, do they want to increase the dosages to have more control? Um, and I recently, um, actually had a, I don't want to say discovery, but an, an actual experience when I was in between one antidepressant to another because of, the side effects that this one gave me that it did not give me for the first eight to nine months that I took it. I was almost taking it a year and um, I started having these, these side effects that were not, that were not Mm. fun um, and had to switch. And even the side effects and then tapering and then switching because I was too afraid to, to completely come off um, were scary. It was very scary. I feel like, you know, you're always given the kind of, I always say, it's almost like a car salesman pitch when you go in of, well, in a couple months, this is going to make you feel better. But during this duration, these are the side effects that you could possibly have. And without diving in too personal, what kind of side effects have you had taking medication that, you know, I mean, even us women, I know I took one that completely threw off my menstrual cycle. I took one that made me nauseous. I took one that actually made me so emotionally angry for no reason that I sat there and even contemplated of, would I rather have anxiety outbursts or episodes versus having this anger? So for your experience, so we have kind of, you know, two different advice viewpoints here. What kind of side effects have you had that you really struggled through? Um, so I would say with the, the specific medication that I was taking this past year, um, I noticed I was like, you know, for instance, a a loved one in my life said, you know, I, when I met you, you were like just a regular girl and you'd have like, you know, girls, girls kind of cry, you know, we're, we're women, we're hormonal. 
but then it was, well, maybe I, maybe I should get back on something and just to kind of balance that out a little bit. And I thought, okay, you know, no, it, maybe I should, you know, cause I'd experienced this stuff before. So when I started to, it, it took months to get into it, but then, um, I started having these, these anger outbursts and these outbursts were not something that were happening prior to that. And they weren't all the time, but I would get very, very, very easily triggered. And it wasn't always the same thing that triggered me. And the only thing that had changed in my life, uh, my job was the same. My surroundings were the same. Um, Actually had been a little happier, believe it or not, but it was the medication was the only difference. So it sounds like we kind of had a very similar experience with that anger. I know with my with my experience and with kind of what happened to me, uh, I feel like it almost made me even more depressed because I knew that I was having almost, like you said, these anger outbursts, but I felt almost as I had zero control over that part of my mind and my emotions and my body. Like I didn't have, I wasn't me anymore. So even though I was technically treating, so to speak, and I use that word loosely, but I was, I was treating my anxiety or I was treating my depression. I almost felt like I needed to piggyback of, okay, now I need a medication for anger. Now I need a medication for my emotions. Now I need one for this. So I feel like, and what you said, I feel like, is this part of the big pharmaceutical plan is to just have us all medicated and and that kind of brings me into my next question. How do you feel about in regards to taking medication? Do you feel that it's actually helping the root of the problem? Or do you just feel that we are just basically numbing ourselves and we're not really solving the root of the concern? Oh, absolutely. I I, I truly do. I Like I said, years ago, I'd be like, oh, no, you'd hear people say that the words big pharma and and you'd be like, eh, you know, because again, you're 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 brought up to to trust in these doctors and whatnot. And like I said, again, not to knock any of them, but I feel like with the the psych stuff in this world today, and with all the resources we have out there, why is it that everyone has to have a medication? Why why do we have to be prescribed something? Well, here, a uh, doctor, I went through this and this and this, or someone died and yada, yada, yada. And then, oh, oh, well, here, take this. Why? So that you can make the next guy increase my dose? Because just like anything, that's any sort of uh, medication that's going to mess with you neurologically. It's going to have to be adjusted your whole life. Your body chemistry constantly changes. Um, it's It's sad unfortunately and it's it's something that I do pray one day that I can 100% be off of um and now that I've done a little bit of research and kept looking into okay when you have triggers in your life you know then you then you 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 can sit down and and tell yourself and or write down what is triggering me do I you know remove that out of my life? Do I, um, you know, toxicity, you know, the older we get, you know, you and I are almost, you know, we're a couple ways from 40 and, you know, that's what they say. Sometimes that stuff starts to sit in, but you have to, you have to notice those issues now and don't just depend on the medication to fix it. Because in my eyes, that's, that's only masking the issue. It's, you you need to look into other resources also to help. I, I agree a hundred percent. And to hear, oh, in a couple of years we're going to be forty. Oh, I don't really know how that makes me feel. Um. <laughs> so going into that last little piece that you put in in, in your last sentence, um, my podcast is all about life, and we hence the name, little bit of life. We talk about everything, and we talk about topics that are kind of touchy. And we also kind of grasp all angles of life and all options, and and we kind of dive into these topics. So going into the so-called other options, Um, I worked in medical for a long time, and I always was raised of 
if you have this, pop a pill. If you have this, take this, take this, do this. And I would probably say in the last four to five years of my life, I've really looked at what am I putting into my body? What is it doing for me? And then what is it doing to me? And I have come off of some medication that I went cold turkey. Even when even when the doctor stated, don't do this, you'll have suicidal tendencies. You will have this. I almost felt like it was a fear of hearing. If you come off of this and don't taper, which I mean, some of these, as you know, the tapering can be months and months and months. And then you go through those side yeah. effects. So when I started to come off of a medication, I did my research and it did state, yeah, you could have suicidal tendencies, but I sat and thought, okay, I'm listening to my body and I know what my body's telling me. It's telling me not to have this in part of my system. And I did, I went cold Turkey off of a medication. And I mean, I was, I was scared and I started going into some other options, so to speak of natural items and and things that I could put into my system. Um, and we're going to talk about that right now. It's We have so many different options right now, such as medical marijuana, CBD, hemp, essential oils. So how do you feel about this being that you have been on medication and, and you've kind of, it sounds like the same, tested and had the side effects and tapered and higher dosage and lower dosage, and you've played with that. So what is your opinion or outlook on other items that could actually help you instead? Um, you know, it's so funny growing up, I'd be like, again, we're, we're taught, you know, in our, in our younger days, like, oh, you know, you know, that plant is bad, you know, that's (laughs) bad for you. It's, it's no, it's like, you shouldn't do it. And, um, it wasn't until this past, again, a lot, a lot of trials and, I'm trying to figure out, like, again, like you said, listening to your body. I, um, for the first time, honestly, in my adult life ever was like, maybe, you know, there's a reason why this stuff is medical. There's a reason why people take it. And some people prefer, prefer the, 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 just the CBD. Some people prefer both of each. And I decided to try myself um, this past year, um, it was kind of alongside of the medication and it was also, um, away from the, the actual, you know, antidepressant medication too. So I kind of had to see how my body reacted, but, um, I, I had some of the best sleep. I felt so much better. Um, my preferred form honestly was, was gummies. And I don't know if that's cause I just have this thing for gummy bears. So it was like <laughs> fun for me, but, um, it did it. I, I almost wouldn't even remember falling asleep, just knowing that I woke up and I felt refreshed, refreshed. And it's, it's not even just the neurological, but it's like an anti-inflammatory. Well, everyone knows the, the amazing, amazing benefits of, you know, medicinal and it, not just that, but like the, what is it? The holistic approach with natural oils and, um, stuff like that, that also help. I was big on, on lavender and mint and, um, just, you know, even just putting a dab in your hand and just smelling those. But I truly believe that those did help. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I felt like I was almost, uh, I felt like I was judged in in both sides. I feel like the pharmaceutical side are kind of like the cool kids at the high school lunch table, like, and they're, you know, the popular ones. And then you have on the other side at another table, the more holistic approaches where people either support you in this decision and in your kind of medical journey, or they judge you. And I feel like how quickly so many states are actually legalizing the option of marijuana. I feel that there is, you know, kind of the older generation of, well, that's still marijuana. And they, they look at you and there is almost this like judgment of it is a drug. It is illegal. It's something that's been illegal for a long time. And I had to learn that we can't focus on what everyone wants you to do, especially with dealing with mental health. It's listening to your body and every person in their journey for recovery is completely different. Um, 
I know with me, same, I like to have gummies and I like that option. I also do essential oils. Um, as we're doing this recording right now, there is one of my sponsors. She's the sponsor in the beginning of this and her company is called The Healing House. And she makes actual liquid rollers of essential oils. She makes massage oils. She makes bath bombs. She makes all kinds of different options. Um, I actually have one on now. It's called Liquid Zanny. Like, yes, almost like Xanax. And it helps with anxiety and it helps with stress and it helps with all these essential oils. So have you had any like kind of, I guess judgment is the best thing. Have you had any judgment from trying this alternative from friends or family or therapists or anyone? Um, You know, I... I feel like I did at first, but then when I explain, like when I would, um, take one of the gummies, like the, the way that, you know, it made me feel and there was no, no issues at all, um, with them. I, I think it, again, it was like growing up, just hearing the, the fear of that's not good. Or, you know, you know, that, that for instance, the dare program, don't do drugs, mm-hmm. you know, and, Obviously, marijuana was very heavily on that list back then. But, I mean, in my eyes, there's a reason why 18, I believe it's 18 states, and I apologize, correct me if I'm wrong, um, have it legalized for medicinal uses. So that's, that's almost half of our country. So, there, I mean, it's obviously working. Yeah, I kind of have a a funny story when you said the D.A.R.E. program. Um, I think I was in kindergarten or first grade, and uh, I think my mom actually shared the link to my podcast. So if my grandparents, of all people, are listening, my grandpa's going to laugh at this one. But uh, he was a sheriff's officer, and he was part of the D.A.R.E. program and, you know, kind of did that whole part of aspect of law enforcement. And I grew up in a law enforcement-driven family. And I remember going to my grandparents' house and being told, you know, for my little sleepover, there's a very, there's a very special plant that grandpa's growing for work on the patio. Don't touch it. Um, What is little me stubborn? And I'm still stubborn, do. I went and got a little step stool and got a little Ziploc baggie out of their drawer, ripped a part of this plant off, shoved it in my Barbie suitcase and decided to take it to school for show and tell only to pull out this little plant in front of my teacher who now, I mean, I'm 36. I would love to have been a fly on the wall to see her face reaction. I pull this little plant out and I'm like, today for my show and tell, I brought marijuana and my grandpa grows it. Needless to say, that did not go over very well in the principal's office or when my mother had to pick me up. (laughs) So, but for example, I grew up And that moment still sits and registers in my brain of that's marijuana. You don't touch it. It's special. You don't use it and it's bad. And I always associated that with this is bad. And I mean, even in college and after college, I mean, I never touched it. I never smoked it. I never ate it. I never did anything. And until, like I said, probably four or five years now, I have really taken a step back and looked at this is natural. I mean, this is something that's been there for so many years and all the side effects that I had from the big pharma, I had to sit back and realize, is this really worth it? And do I, do I agree with what I'm putting in my body? So it's, yeah, it's, it's really difficult. I think now probably the most concerning is, um, like you said, with all the states that it is legalized, there's still some that are not. So when we have this form of treatment and we find that it does work for us, if you're traveling, if you're going on an airplane, if you're driving, if you, you know, have a work function and you're going to another state that doesn't allow it, it's, it's kind of putting a stop to our choice, our bodies, our choice. So talking about new ways of finding what works for you and what doesn't, besides the big pharmaceuticals, besides the medications, besides the holistic way, It comes down to being able to communicate and talk about the reason that you have these mental health struggles, the anxiety and the depression. 
Absolutely. And I think it's really important to talk about support systems because not everybody has the family or the friend circle that they can go to and say, hey, I'm struggling. So when you came out and had these kind of discussions with your support system, whether it's friends or family, I'm sure you were nervous. And I mean, sometimes now we get embarrassed. Did you have good feedback and support or how did that go for you? Um, I would say at, at first it was uh, a little nerve wracking because no one wants to be told that, you know, you're, you're depressed or you're, you know, um, some people, you know, to, to me, I think there's still a big stigmatism on, um, like bipolar stuff, you know, I, I, I do believe that people actually experience that and, you know, when someone hears the word bipolar, they think, oh my God, two personalities, you know, um, and it, it was almost like, it, who, excuse me, I don't know if anybody would, would want somebody to know about that. So again, like, I feel like I know nowadays it's a lot easier to, to be more open about it, but I still think there's a lot of room that needs to be done to make sure that people realize that if someone's diagnosed with depression, bipolar, or, you know, schizophrenic stuff or, or whatever, you know, some of this stuff is, you know, completely uncontrolled. However, it, it doesn't make them this, this certain kind of person, you know, there's, I mean, look at these, these actors and these people that we thought that were extremely happy. And then, I mean, the next thing you know, they're gone and nobody had any idea because they said, well, we thought they were happy. Well, no, if, if not everybody's going to reach out, but I feel like society today is so quick to just, just judge. Everyone wants to drive the the Tesla, everyone wants to have the Botox, everyone wants to, you know, do this and do that. And yeah, I mean, you, you've, again, you've known me for so long and I have, I have this little sense of style that I've, I've actually had since high school. Um, and I don't think it'll ever leave me, but, um, people, I guess you would say, oh, she's, she wears bandanas all the time. And she's like, Oh, she must be rockabilly. No, I'm just, I'm just me. But I would, I would get judged sometimes and be like, oh, you hang out with those people. But you, I feel like some mental health, and I could go on and on and on and on with this for days and days and days, isn't always from your childhood. But even nowadays with, with, I mean, look at these kids getting bullied, like as hardcore as they are now, like, we never got that. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't understand yeah. Um, yeah. why. And I like how you brought in the topic into that of, you know, the Botox and the Tesla. I mean, listeners may be driving a Tesla right now and they just left a Botox appointment. There's no judgment in regards to that. But I think it's really pointing out how as a society now we're growing into what does it, what do you look like from the outside? What do you, how do you appear from the outside instead of what does your inside look like? What does your soul look like? What does your core look like? And that's the point of talking about this specific topic with mental health. We need to work on our core. We need to work on us first from the inside out instead of, I feel like how now we're trained with society work from the outside in worry about the outside. How do people see you? How does, how do they perceive you? What do you have? What are you showing versus who are you and, and kind of the work that you're putting into yourself as a human being. And I think that's even harder because when we come and talk about mental health awareness, it comes with, like you said, the stigma of I'm judged and a fear of if I say I have this, or I might have this, or I might be struggling with something. Am I going to be judged? And what can I do from the outside to kind of hide this or mask it? And I think it's also really difficult nowadays. I mean, how expensive everything is. And, you know, COVID was a huge factor. I think a lot of people had a lot of things happen to them and maybe their anxiety or their depression came out uh, because we were all in lockdown. We didn't have any form of socialization. A lot of people in that lost their health insurance and 
I mean, I know I was one that, you know, in my twenties, I was like, well, I'm not going to talk to anybody because it's going to be expensive and I don't know where to go. And so if, if you're listening right now and you don't have health insurance and you don't have maybe a support system or a support system, you're not comfortable sharing. Um, there is actually a company out there. They're fantastic in regards to mental health services. Um, they're called Cerebral. They have a website. It's getcerebral.com. They treat anxiety, depression, insomnia. They treat bipolar, schizophrenia, and pretty much every form of mental health. And they accept every person, whether you have insurance or you do not. And right now they're doing up to 65% off of your first month by using the code CARE30. Um, it is valid starting May 1st because of May being mental health awareness. So any listeners, you do not have to have insurance. You do not have to have a plan and you don't have to have that fear. There's always somebody that's ready and willing to listen and somebody that's ready and willing to help you on this new journey of finding yourself and healing yourself from the inside out instead of the outside in. So Brandy, to kind of close up this episode, again, thank you for being vulnerable and talking about this. In regards to your medication, and again, I'm not sure, I mean, you and I are best friends, but it's something that we don't even talk about. Um, do you feel in your journey right now with mental health and trying medications and doing holistic and everything that we've discussed, do you feel that taking the medication has helped you, has hindered you, or has just masked your symptoms? Um, <laughs> I feel, I honestly feel like it's done all, all three and, and, and the most recent medication, it it did all three this past year. Um, I was on one that was very high in, um, serotonin and it was supposed to help, you know, let's, let's just be transparent here. I'd lost my drive, you know, in the bedroom. I, um, I almost, it literally, the, the word numb is like the best feel, the, excuse me, not the best feeling, <laughs> the best way to describe it. I was feeling numb towards that. I was almost like not the, you know, girly, emotional, just like girl that I felt like I, I had grown up and who I was. And, um, I expressed that to the doctor and she said, well, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's taper off and try something else. I, I was willing, but even with that, that change, um, I was very hesitant to do so. Um, I, I'm still scared to, to 100% take myself off of it because I, it's been so engraved in, in my brain that, you know, if you, if you do, this is what could happen. But again, that's where that support system mm -hmm. comes in. Um, when I was tapering off of one of them and going to another, and it was a very quick taper, I would, I, you know, prior to that, I had read online that some were two to three weeks, some were months. Mine was a total of five days. I had tapered from one to another and every single night, um, during that taper, because of those serotonin levels being so um, I don't want to say messed with, but so dependent on that medication, I had the worst and I'm, and I have had headaches in my life, but never anything bad. I had the worst headaches every single morning, every single morning. And I took Tylenol. I, it, it was one of the, it was, it was like a migraine, but it was so scary because it, it wasn't, that wasn't normal. I knew that wasn't normal. And you, and then it, it kind of broke me down thinking, you know, is this what this medication has, has held onto my brain for so long that when I, you know, taper off of it and begin something else, because I wasn't a taper, take that and then take another, it was just taper off of that and then start the other one instead of coinciding at the same time. And I, it was, I, for lack of a better word, it was like a feeling of withdrawal and it, it was scary. I fully agree with that word. It, it is a, it is a withdrawal and it is scary because 
I feel like with the pharmaceutical, you almost have and create a addictive habit because you know, with all the stuff and the side effects and the tapering and the almost this theme that, you know, big pharma wants you to believe of you can't live without this. And if you don't have this, then all of these demons and all of these thoughts and all of these triggers and all of these episodes, they're going to come back. So in order to feel better, as they claim, you have to have this, you need it. And that does become an addiction and a fear in itself. And and with that, I'm kind of going to lead into when you tapered off and you went onto another medication and tried other things, did you do anything in regards to creating so-called healthy habits or healthy routines while you're on the medication to kind of assist your your mood or your behavior or something else to kind of focus on like with the depression like did you try anything outside of the medication realm and the holistic of just healthy routines and and things to try um yeah i guess you could say <laughs> And this may not be a fan favorite for, for anybody listening. I, I removed TikTok. I removed TikTok actually months ago. It, it, it was from, for my perspective, it was, um, something I just spent, I spent way too much time on just, just mindlessly doing when I could use that time with reading a book, reading a self-help book, um, I had moved in the last few months and one of the selling factors was the fact that it had a Roman bathtub and to some that may not mean anything, but in my eyes it was okay. A big tub means big, big, big bubbles and big self care and relaxing and learning how to treat my body in a way that I could relax. And, um, I think I decided to read a lot more also, um, and then just decide that anything that was in my life that was toxic, whether it be a human or, or anything for that matter, a habit that I may have had that if, if it wasn't something that was necessary in my life, then there was no need to keep it there. Um, it, I could say you, I've done a lot of growing since then. I feel like society today is just so enthralled with, again, like your first episode, social media, social media is very, it puts out this facade of these, of, oh, you know, look what this guy is doing for this woman and this and that. Well, I, I, you know, being transparent that again, that's not how all relationships are. Love is, that is a totally different subject, but I feel like everyone's so swarmed with social media too. And I feel like that's, Another thing that, um, you know, big, big corporations and IE big pharma work together and they're like, oh yeah, they see all this. They're so swarmed by that and this and that and this and that. And I feel like some people just need to remove themselves from the social media for a little bit and realize how therapeutic that will be to them on its own. I agree. Cause, um, I know with me, I, I used to have, um, I'm not even gonna say I used to, it comes in waves and I, I honestly can't even tell you sometimes what triggers it or where it comes from. Um, I would have anxiety and I would almost have this feel like almost this feeling of a self-worth and I, I know where it came from. I know it came from social media and being so available on the internet to complete strangers. When I look at it and I'm like, okay, I posted this video on, let's say TikTok. And I know a lot of my listeners are from TikTok. I started doing lives twice a day of talking about, you know, you can do this and you're great and, and really self-motivational kind of lives and had hundreds of people that would message me and say, you know, oh, thank you so much. I need you for this. I need you for that. And I started almost just getting depressed about my own life. And I didn't even realize how far down this rabbit hole I got. Because I mean, I was doing this for the whole year during COVID of lives in the morning and then a live at night. And then being so available to every person except myself. And I started to pull back. I started to, like you said, removing myself as being so available to everybody else's life on social media 
So that depressed, that depressed nature, that anxiety, I had a partial control on. And it's really helped me because I find ways to have healthy habits. And I've noticed, like you said, I've noticed a lot of growth too. And, and I'm not afraid to say that. I mean, same. I mean, I think women just in general love a giant bathtub. And if there's listeners on here and you're a male and you love the bathtub, like you're probably my spirit animal. Um, <laughs> but I would, I, I, I try and, and there's some nights that I just don't do it. Um, but I try every night to yeah. stop my phone time at a certain time. I will take a hot bubble bath. I will use essential oils. Again, the healing house. She has incredible bath bombs. You can pick. Oh, Amazing. So and I will take a book in and I will read it. And I'll be honest. I mean, this is what this podcast is about. It's it's fully transparent and open and blunt and honest and raw. I have probably, as you have seen in my room, there is a stack of what we call self-help books. There are days that that changes my whole thought process. There are days yeah. that I will pick that up and I will read three chapters and I couldn't even tell you what I just read because I'm just not in that mindset. So I think it's important when we're talking about healthy habits and getting in this new mindset and getting a new routine, what works for you may not work for me. What works for me may not work for somebody else. And I think we need to get past this stigma of, okay, well, this book's out on the market and it's incredible. And like, it's part of the Oprah book club. So it must be good. And and expensive. Yeah. Go to Amazon. (laughs) No, but- and you get through a whole book and you didn't get anything out of it or you took a hot bath and you relaxed. But the whole time I mean, I've had this, I'm sitting in a hot bath and I'm trying to so-called relax. And the whole time I just have anxiety over like how a recipe is going to turn out the next day. And that comes through with mental health. Yeah. And I mean, just going through this, life on the day-to-day of, I guess, just don't be so hard on yourself. And it is a journey and it's an adventure. What worked for you yesterday may not work for you today. And it may be something that doesn't work for you tomorrow. So it's enjoying finding new things that you enjoy and that make you comfortable. And I think that's the key word. Pushing. I think sometimes pushing the things that, um, give you anxiety, you know, uh, again, back to the, the counseling and the, the, um, just seeking somebody to talk to, but sometimes they, they, you know, and I've seen it and I've actually seen it in myself where for, for a while when for some odd reason, uh, again, I could go into this for hours, I would have anxiety going into the grocery yep. store and it wasn't like a claustrophobia thing. It was just like, I felt like I was trapped and I, and I didn't know what it was from. And it almost took putting myself in that situation that gave me anxiety to get through it. And the more I did it, the more um, it helped. And then one day I just woke up and I right. was fine. And I think that's key is you put yourself in it. You forced yourself to, to do it. And then you came out one day where you were like, I'm okay. And I think that's important to, to really look at is with mental health and with a lot of these topics that we've talked about today, when you have somebody that sits like this and we're just talking to each other and, you know, for listeners, it's almost like you're probably sitting here in my living room with us and, and you're having this kind of deep conversation with us and you may be listening and nodding and saying, yeah, I feel that. Or what is she talking about? What somebody (laughs) struggles with that may be so simple, like driving, could cause anxiety for someone else. And so I think in this era that we're in now of like empowerment and self-love and self-worth and doing the work, I think it's something that the more we individually talk about what our so-called triggers are, we're going to realize that we may not be as different from each other as we think. Absolutely. So 
I I 100% agree. So with that, again, we're going to we're going to wrap this podcast up. Um, we're going to have another podcast together where we're actually going to take some um, some questions and we're going to give some advice. Um, I am not a therapist. I am not I am not anyone to give anybody medical advice. So it's just us sitting here, two females that probably could have gone a lot of different directions in life. But for some reason, we ended up right here. So Thank you so much again for coming on, for being vulnerable, for talking about this. Um, For any of my listeners, The Healing House, she has amazing products. Please go to her website and check it out. If you have any questions, um, she does have things for anxiety, for sleep, for um, headaches, for anything that you might even be going through. She also makes stuff for children. And that's going to be an episode that I'm going to actually touch on here in the month of May. More and more children are starting to be affected by a lot of mental health topics and issues and situations. So I think the more that we are brave enough to stand out as adults, I think our children and society will follow. So thank you so much again for coming on. Um, I've known you for so long. It's like, (laughs) yeah, but um, again, it's been an awesome And we're only just continuing forward. So guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I really appreciate every single one of you. If you're listening and you like I said, you are nodding and saying, yeah, I kind of have that. I really highly suggest, and I challenge you, and Brandy, I challenge you, um, tomorrow night, do one thing different out of your routine that makes you happy, even if it's for five minutes, even if it's just laying on the middle of your floor with your eyes closed. And all my listeners, I challenge you tomorrow night, do something self-care, relaxation, that you love and challenge yourself tomorrow and see how it works. Thank you so much for tuning in with me and spending your time hanging out. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast and a special thank you to all our sponsors. Make sure to check them out. If you have any tips or topics, feel free to email me at littlebitoflifecast at gmail.com or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at littlecute1az. You never know if your topic will be next. Be sure to join me again for another episode of Little Bit of Life. Until next time, stay positive, stay blessed.